Hello, I'm Penelope Maver and welcome to Earth Converse podcast, an exploration into our relationships and conversations with the earth, all in the hope of inspiring a deeper connection with ourselves, each other and the earth that is our home. And today I'm very happy to uh, welcome Gemma Polo Pujo, a spiritual teacher. And uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Gemma and her partner Sophia at a living and dying course. And um, then just recently she um, published her beautiful uh, book, which is There is Light and Only Light. And then when I finally, um, well, when I read that and saw um, the introduction of that, I realized that she had been, she was the one that had been running these um, deep uh, rest retreats that a friend of mine, uh, Nick, who has been telling me about for like 10 years because she has been attending an open dharma in India. And it was like, oh my goodness. So when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So Gemma has appeared in my life and she is here um, to share her perspective and wisdom. And uh, Gemma, welcome. And uh, and I feel like your, your beautiful book is really shows that conversation of our relationship and conversations with the earth and uh, tells your story. And, uh, and I guess I sort of just, it's just really over to you around that because I suppose, yeah, you're from your, your chapter one and it said, my experience and experience was of becoming nature itself slipping into the trees and feeling the aliveness of them. So tell me, yeah, tell us, what is your relationship with the earth and how has that evolved over time? It's over to mm. Well, thank you, Fenalpet, for creating these spaces and putting the voices out there so that other people may listen and, and start uh, reflection and maybe changing things or starting to feel into changing things yeah <laughs> so yeah um this is my uh my experience of becoming a tree <laughs> it was like a very natural thing as a child i mean i didn't because that was my experience i didn't know that it there could be another experience of not becoming a tree. Mm. So uh, as a child, that was natural. And that was what was. That was my experience, just becoming that, being that. was no, no difference. Uh, and it was later on, as I grew up, that I started to, to discover and understand that that was not everyone's experience. So then a suspicion started to come, like what, what is it? And why, why people are not that excited about that? <laughs> and and what, is, what is that? What is this connection that I experienced so fully? And how can I live with that in this world where what I see is the disconnection and the and the uh, the fight or the separation between the sacred and humans, the the non awareness of the sacredness of everything. Mm. So, Did you doubt that, like when you found out that it wasn't that nobody ever experienced it, you said about why doesn't people uh, feel that joy? But did you, at a certain point, did you ever doubt it? Going, oh, am I, am I wrong? Am I strange? Or is it just actually people? <laughs> I did feel strange, but I was not doubting my experience. I was just feeling strange, like not understanding how something so obvious to me could not be experienced or seen by others. Like, imagine that I'm seeing like... Uh, uh, the sea and it's blue and and no one and 
it's obvious, but then suddenly you realize that other people are seeing it red or yellow. And it's like, wow, how can you not see that it's blue? No? That, that was my, more like a surprise, like realizing that that which was natural was not that obvious to others. Yeah, that was more a surprise. But I don't think doubting my experience, just slowly, slowly not knowing how to place it into the world, how to speak about it. So a sense of over the time, like a sense of isolation or a sense of like um, more and more like I'm experiencing something that other people don't seem to be experiencing. So how, how do I live with that? Yeah. Mm. Mm. And then you actually are in the line because I think that this comes back to the, the conversation um, that we're having as a, as a collective, you know, like, um, uh, you know, uh, what did you say? Um, how did we get so isolated as individuals that we cannot remember our own song? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and the separation. I think that's that's the that's the that's the foundation of our of our disconnect with ourselves and the earth, isn't it? That feeling of that. So how did you yeah find your own song and really step into that? Yeah. Yeah, I always feel that I was born with uh, with a fire, a very strong fire, very alive fire to know what life is about. And that could not be compromised. So that's the that's the thread that I followed. I, I couldn't basically it was not always pleasant. It's not like, oh, I want to know what life is. No, it's like there is no other way. I have to know. So th- there is a pain to it. There is a pain of separation. There is a pain of I need to know that the following of that fire is the the line. So in one in one hand, it feels to me that we need in order to make any change and to start any conversation, we need to feel this pain of separation. Mm. We need to we need to be able to feel the connection, and then we need to be able to feel the pain of the disconnection, and when. When, when the pain is alive, when the discomfort, let's say, is alive, then as humans, we, we start to get into the action of doing something about it. We can do something about the discomfort because we want comfort, <laughs> because we want uh, harmony. Naturally, we, we search for harmony. To return to that harmony from that belonging. So where, was your, where did your fire in the valley come from? Where was your pain? My pain, I don't know. It feels like I was born with this quest, like what is life? What is life? And the birds and the fields and the trees were the wisest voice that I heard that were there. I didn't know what was exactly, but there, I knew that there was wisdom there. So... I didn't know much, but I knew enough to know that whatever I was getting, say, in the school, uh, was not really answering my question. But when I was in the middle of a field or among trees, there was something there that had an answer about that, that had wisdom that could answer my quest. There I, I, I... experience a meeting with with the wisdom that could fulfill me like it was like intuitive intuitive that that the sense that there is wisdom here i don't know i cannot grasp it but there is wisdom here so that's that's why i started to to find time and spaces to be in nature as much as possible was basically the only place where i felt ah i'm getting some answer here i'm getting some uh, water for my thirst. Yeah. And how did you, um, what was the first sort of sense of that or what are the types of conversations that you, that you entered in or how did you open to that? You had this intuitive sense that they were the wise teachers and you, you know, you, this fire in your belly took you to those places into nature uh, to have those conversations. But how did they, 
what was the like the feel of them? Mm. Oh, how did it? How did it happen? <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, I remember it's kind of vague, but I remember like lying on a field with a soft grass and, and observing that grass. And somehow the grass was saying that every piece of grass was like living in harmony mm. within itself and with each other. And yeah, that, that was it felt like the grass was telling me this. <laughs> so then I felt very stupid. I mean, I felt like how could be that this, the grass has a way of living in harmony and in, in, har- yeah, in harmony within themselves and within the whole community of grass. <laughs> and we humans don't manage that simple thing. So I think from there I started to observe, like I saw like sheep and, and a she- shepherd herd and, and that uh, st- started to become like the, the, the icon of wisdom for me. So I was going to nature to, to hear words of wisdom and being nourished by that. Mm. So I would go there with, with questions and I would find answers. <laughs> Can you remember a particular? Yeah, for example, this like how um, how do you know how to live without war? Mm-hmm. And and the grass would tell me, you know, like it's just as simple as as, as being enough in yourself. Yeah. Just by being complete, then you don't fight with others. You know, only when there is lack. Mm. that is fight so that sort of that, that more you know like in terms of how it came into your life like that wisdom that you transferred into your your own life yeah and all all the time like um you know i, I had great teachers but nature is like the basic always there and where i go when i have to listen deeply to something when i have to receive an answer for something I go there that's the basic teacher (laughs) and the purity of that yeah Mm. and tell me um you also in your book uh, about the your your pilgrimage from the Pyrenees you know to sea to sea with your with your friend that sounded like a, a particular intentional you know literally journey in nature but also yeah yeah of course i had in i was in so much need for for nature so i and i, I was living in barcelona i'm from barcelona uh, so the first 16 years i was living there and, and escaping as much as possible into the mountains uh yeah the the crossing of the Pyrenees was a, a turning point also like was maybe the moment where you know, I was just living for a month and a half in nature, um, but not only in nature, but really walking with an intention. And I didn't use any, like, uh, refuge or anything. So it was um, sleeping under the stars and uh, bathing in uh, rivers and lakes. And so the sense of becoming nature, the sense of becoming wild, and this immense power that came with it, that I could, that, that nothing is needed. That nothing is needed. If we learn the science, if we ne- learn how to move in, in, in nature, there is an absolute freedom. We have what we need. We have the food, we have, we know where we go. We start to understand the language of how, we, how, how to move in this environment. And there is a sense of, Freedom, I would say, that's the main word, freedom, mm-hmm. as, as we come back to our home and we don't feel foreigners in our home. We don't feel like, oh, there is an insect, or, oh, there is, I don't know how to cross this. No? We, we, when we see the mountain and we see the valleys and we start to know that there is a path and we start to have a, conversa- a real conversation that, with the mountain, no? we are not conquering the mountain. We are not 
uh, doing our exercise or we are not uh, getting that goal, you know, but we are actually, yeah, talking with nature and finding our way with nature and with the help of nature, we keep on moving across so we can, in that case, so that we can reach the sea, the other side of the prettiness. Mm -hmm. And the fact of going day after day makes it really to become a prayer. And the fact that there are moments like extremely difficult, like physically also challenging, um, it's like I needed to become humble. I needed to really let go of counting hours or gaining anything. Just, just the fact of being in nature was more and more the gift. No? <laughs> As I'm walking, I'm discovering that walking is the gift, that the being in nature is the gift. It's not like when I arrive there, but, but as I am walking, I'm alive. <laughs> yeah. Journey of that. And you offer them now, don't you? You take people on pilgrimages, no? Yeah, it's, um, I think it's a beautiful trick, <laughs> I would say, to bring people into uh, simplicity and into direct contact with nature. There is no escape. When we go on a pilgrimage, we carry our own things. So we have to, to really choose what we want to have with us. We cannot bring our laptop, <laughs> our hair dryer, <laughs> hair dryer <laughs> or other things that maybe we think they are uh, very important. Mm -hmm. So all this stays behind. And it's like as if we, we, we get naked, symbolically. We get naked and we, as we carry less and less things, our journey is more pleasant, you can say. So we can really enjoy. And we are so close to the elements. If there is sun, there is sun. If it rains, it rains. And this in itself really is amazing. I think we are very much in need of that. Spending days in nature, walking consciously, walking with an intention and as in a pilgrimage um, you just don't go like it's not a trekking <laughs> it's, uh, it's walking with intention so as the minutes go as the days pass uh, the heart intention grows it's like energetically we, we, we build uh, this string between our heart and and the, the, the place where we are heading. So say if we head to, towards uh, a Madonna, you know, uh, which I like very much, <laughs> then it's as if as we walk, we actually grow these qualities of the Madonna uh, grows in us. Mm. Yeah? It's like as we go, this connection grows and all these qualities uh, comes to us. So when we go, when we arrive there, we we actually have been building and creating this sacred inner space. So it's a is a is a transformational path. Pilgrimage a true pilgrimage is a transformational path. So I like to take people there because especially now where it seems more and more that the retreats are becoming a fancy and complicated thing to do. You know, <laughs> people come to a retreat and they may ask, is there a swimming pool? <laughs> <laughs> or which kind of food is there? And that was not, that is, that is not the kind of retreat I want to offer. I want to ask, are you burning to find out what life is about? Okay, then you are very welcome. If he's just looking for a, like a holidays, then maybe some other place <laughs> you <Yeah>. can find. 
But this beautiful, and I think this is the difference of like when um, about communicating with nature and relationship with nature is that quite often people, you know, intuitively we go out to nature, you know, we go out to their parks or we walk or we trek or we exercise, but it's this intention that really makes the difference. Yeah, in the in the pilgrimage is the intention and the willingness to to move out of the way, like to to become naked as the days pass. It's like we, we keep on taking layers of our ideas, of our conceptions and everything, everything that, um, that makes us small and in a box. Yeah? So as we walk, we really let go of that mm. day by day. Mm-hmm. And, and also that the walking itself uh, in my experience, really brings the brain to, to a place where it cannot really think much, like straight. <laughs> it's like a dizziness or some kind of thing that, that, um, that it takes us somewhere else. Like we are not that much driven by the, the mind, but something else starts to have space to speak. And that's something else I call it the heart or, or the belly. Mm-hmm. So as we go, we, our mind gets sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> And, and then something else can speak. So then there is room for something else. And that's what I'm interested on. Beautiful. And this own fire in your, in your belly and your own journey into that and understand your own true nature. And tell us more about that. Where, where, where is it taking you? <laughs> so, yeah, basically in moving from the heart, uh, from the head into the heart, into the belly. Um, it's also a journey, it's like a pilgrimage yeah. also. And basically uh, the belly is home. And one beautiful thing that I like to, to, to remember is that, uh, that I love is that many times when people come to a retreat, even if they don't know uh, anything about meditation, uh, when there is a glimpse of that presence, a glimpse of something of another quality that is not just the mind going on, they would call it home. But the sense of familiarity, the sense of, oh, uh, I, I, I went home. The sense of, there was something very familiar there. And that makes me think that... Um, that we actually, we all know this place by nature, but just we forget about it. It's like, I'm sure that we, we, we are born and as, as children, we are able to, to feel this union with nature and with ourselves, like feeling at home with ourselves. But then as we grow up, we, we forget about that. We cover it up. We, we have to pretend, we have to become somebody else, you know, or we have to do so many things to gain love. You know? mm-hmm. All of the things come from this, <laughs> we just want love. So we, 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 we get entangled <laughs> in so many ways to gain that love. So coming to the belly is coming home, is coming to this original place where we were not hurt, there is not the wound. It's like coming to a place pre, like before the wound, mm. where there is freedom, where we are enough as we are. Mm. So the sort of sense of, yeah, everyone's born with this, this connection and sense of belonging and home. But, but it's also like you know, the, the, the pain takes us, we have to feel that to then uh, to go out, to then come back into that home. Yeah, we need we need that that fire in the belly helps us, or that pain helps us to whether it through yeah through love or illness or COVID nineteen. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, we have to. It, it catapults us out into that journey, doesn't it? To feel that to then come back into home. Yeah, yeah. Psychologically. Uh, speaking, we can say like we are born in this uh, completion, um, 
but then but but we are um, merged with everything yeah so so becoming me like me like separate than you we need this process of individualization how they say like the the, the ego so the ego in reality is is, is not there's nothing bad about it <laughs> nothing it's just it's just that it's because we have to for, for survival we need i need to know that me is me <laughs> and you is you <laughs> yeah so so this the problem is that we we made this me separate from you uh as a something ultimate like the, the most important and that's the I think that's the, the the problem, like the exaggeration of this me over you, you know. So this coming from completion as as children into into me, into the separation, is absolutely necessary. But then, from this separation, feeling the discomfort, feeling the potential of unity, and then. From this discomfort, we can come back to the union without losing the me. Yeah, yeah. Without using the uniqueness of my mm. soul. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I need to, to go out to become unique. And then with this uniqueness, like merge again without losing me. And so... Of it, sort of at a collective level in this way, that actually to that separation from nature and actually even the pain, are we creating pain to nature and the environment as part of our journey to come collectively back? I've never thought about that before. <laughs> actually the pain or the damage, which is part of our, you know, the dark side of our ego separation, is actually part of the journey, part of that process. Yeah, I mean, you see the title of my book, no? there is light and only light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so it's not that it's all happy flowers, and it's not, I'm not, by saying that, I'm not saying that there is no darkness. But ultimately, there is nothing that is happening that doesn't have to happen, you could say. And Ultimately, we are all going towards the light. There is no other direction. There is no other direction. However, we want to look at it. There is no other direction. So now, how many things we have to cross? How many dark valleys we have to cross in this movement towards the light? We don't know. But in my heart, there is no doubt that whatever we are, in is part of this journey to the light there is no other movement there is no other energy than love like <laughs> if, you, if you go like okay whatever it is just like go behind 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 and there's only that so in that sense it's very different to walk and even to feel the pain of this separation the pain of what we are doing to Mother Earth, what we are doing to ourselves, the war, the everything that we are involved. It's not that there is no wrongness in that. There is, it's not that there is not pain in that. But it is very different to be able to hold this pain from a place of wisdom, like to hold this pain from a place that where we trust so much mm. everything, mm. including the earth mm. and us human and everything, that we are crossing that for something that escapes to our, to our mind. It's very diff different. Also in life, it's very different to, to cross whatever emotion, whatever difficulty with with the sense of trust behind, when we are able to embrace a difficult emotion, for example, even if we are right in the middle of it, but we know when we have the sense that this is not all, 
that there is something else that holds it all, then it is, it's totally different. Even if we feel devastated, it's like there are different levels of it. We can feel devastated and at the same time feel something behind, holding, embracing. So that's a bit, um, that's a difference maybe, you know? Because one question with this whole pain to the earth is like, I really don't think that the way is about fighting or something or getting angry with something. Or someone or it's them, yeah. you know, the politicians yeah. or the industrialists or... yeah. yeah. I don't, how do you resolve that? I mean, you're a wise spiritual teacher and you're holding all this, you know, that light, you know, this, the hope of the light and holding all that. You know. um, but how, you know, how does a normal person do that? Yeah, like it feels that comes from the experience of falling into love. As the Zen tradition says, like uh, one moment of falling into love, <laughs> into samadhi, they say, uh, erases thousands of millions of bad actions from the past, they say. Well, it's a bit technical, but <laughs> basically, um, you know how I solve that from the experience that Love doesn't know about mathematics. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> so that, which seems huge, a huge catastrophe, and that doesn't seem to have any solution by our means and by thinking it through the mind, there is no way out. Then by falling into a place of love, there is a way. Because there is so much power in love that there is a way. So it doesn't come. We will not solve it by thinking about it, no. by repairing it. But we can solve it by, you know, bringing ourselves into this place of love. Mm. And from there, letting that love take action, letting that love solve it I mean even the word solve solving is not really fitting but you know what I mean basically is by by knowing and and trusting uh, the power of love that's that's where I see a way and that's interesting from the conversations that we're having you know like yeah because we, we all the talk is you know the, the solving or the fixing yeah. And even that is here, <laughs> isn't it? But, but how yeah. do we access that? I mean, how do we you first feel that, mm, that glimmer of, of love and really knowing and even to be open for that? Because we have to be in a state to be even open to that. And you're like, you know, how do we, how do we even do that? <laughs> yeah, because... We always have an agenda, no? We want to fix, we want things to be different than what we are, you know? We want to get rid of things, we want to gain things. And it feels that we need to fall into a place where we can trust much more. It doesn't mean like not to do anything. It means to, to do it differently without the aim. Like, I keep going knowing that it's not really me who will make the difference. Is something else, it's this bigger than me that will take over, that will take on and make that difference. So how, we can, how can we do that? Well, in a way, we need to feel the pain because where we are now as a society is that we really believe that we have the power. Mm. We really believe that I can have whatever I want and I can solve 
whatever situation I can solve. I can fix it. Like with nature, I can take this mm. thing out of here and then, oh, then I place it. Even in a field. Now, even the, the, the earth where we grow our vegetables is not considered alive anymore. It's just like a, a, a basic yeah. matter <laughs> where I put nutrients and I put seeds and then water and it grows. For me. <laughs> For me. And then I kill everything else that is bothering on the way. So this perception of things out there are there to be used by me is, is, is really far out of any sense of connection. So it's really far out of this dialogue that we need to have. And beyond dialogue of this becoming. So when you become the earth, when you become the tree, there is not even conversation. It's a happening. It's, a, it's an understanding of what we need. No? It's like, like lovers, no? When you come together as a lover, you, 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 you perceive what the other needs. No? We don't need to even talk much about. <laughs> beyond words and going back to your grass and your harmony of just that... Yeah. Oh, and, and I also, um, I love your piece about where you, assi the, the sign of maturity when we embrace all aspects of life and find balance between the earth and the sky, money and fluidity, you know, because of, because your life is very real. You're a, you're a mother, you know, you're a lover, you've got, you're, you have, you run your retreats. It's the tangibility of life. I don't know what my question is around that, but just how do you navigate that and, yeah, this is the, the, the mystery of life, no? to, to really, um, I do have this wish also, uh, it, I, I think this wish comes uh, pre-me, yeah. <laughs> um, of holding it all, like uh, I remember when I, I was a nun, uh, there was something missing there in a way, like I, I, I wanted to, to be able to to live in this sacred space and to live for God, <laughs> uh, to give my life to God, say, <laughs> um, uh, while being a mother and while having to earn my life and, when, and dancing with everything that involves to, 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 to be human and to be alive. Yeah, that's a big um, question. And I think it's, it's, this is the time for that. Like uh, spirituality has to come down like into this reality of changing diapers and and yeah of course uh i really enjoyed waking up at four o'clock in the morning having my shower oil yoga and meditation but for the last nine years now 12 years <laughs> this had been challenging this had been challenging so finding uh, other ways, no? Like creativity is a is a big word, you know. Finding creativity, finding really uh, through creativity, finding ways to escape to nature, to to uh, find time mm. for what nourishes us, yeah. really. So to build in, to to we have to refresh this memory of the sacredness. We have to give time to that. Sometimes with small gestures, sometimes with bigger gestures, sometimes to lit an, an incense in the morning is enough. Sometimes we need a whole week out in the mountains to, <laughs> to breathe again. So, but really paying attention to what we need and, and doing that. You know? Yeah. Also, also rituals help a lot. Yeah. To, to build in rituals in our lives, not to make sacred. Uh, some some steps and some things that we we are walking yeah actually I'd love to that was one of my questions is that I think that you've got a beautiful way um, both Sophia and you have got a beautiful way of these rituals can you and it's about it links back to the intentionality of that so can you give yeah tell me about that tell us about that and and also you know example of the rituals which including the incense just now but um, yeah what that is because that's a way you can incorporate it in your daily lives yeah 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 
um, uh, with Sofia, we have a we we have a, a tree near our home, and where we like to uh, to go and just be there. It's like our temple. So just to go and be there, or lit an incense or a candle, or just sitting there. Yeah, but there are many many ways that we could uh, uh, honor the water and the, 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 the fire element, the wind, the earth, really in our daily life, you know, in our altar. Um, yeah, we have created this beautiful online course that we, we, we also want to do it um, in person, but uh, called Medicine Woman, A Journey to Your Center. And it had actually been amazing that now with the confinement, uh, we had like, they were like, at some point, there were like 350 women doing it at the same time mm. all over the world. Mm. So the power of that, and that is like really simple uh, proposals that each day. So, so every day you have an altar and every day there are different proposals related to that altar and to your inner practice. So to really open like the, the, the awareness of like how, how, how am I and how can uh, yeah, transform my life and how especially how can I bring this the consciousness of the sacred in my daily life? Mm-hmm. Because when we start to see through the reality, the sacred, that there's something else beyond the form. So when reality doesn't end and when we, on, on what we touch and see, then here is where hope starts to appear. Here is where we can trust something else. When we know that our strength, our willpower will not make the change, but something else, what I call prayer or what I call bowing down or really like offering even what we don't know when we don't know how to advance when we are stuck just offer it just offer it i don't know i offer it that's fine something else will take care of that yeah my strength ends here and then i offered that there's a gracious graciousness and a, a humbleness around that for the like um uh for what would be a a a ritual that you would do, like uh, we've just had the new moon, for example. So, would you, would you do a, you know, a ritual for the new moon, or what would be an example? Yeah, um, to connect, and then, for example, one 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 simple uh, ritual could be just to to have a gla- a bowl of water and to put the hands in, like just really feeling the freshness of the water and really like with the intention connected with the heart, like washing off like everything that we don't need to carry anymore, like to really let it go, to really clear that from the physical, but also the heart, like really empty all these emotions and everything that we don't need to carry anymore. Yeah. So that could be, and then... um, taking that water into uh, a tree or a plant, just really like offer, offer that, which I don't need to carry anymore and let that be transformed. Let that become that which I don't like and which is, is heavy to me. It could actually be transformed into nourishment for the tree or the plant or wherever we put it. Wow. So that could be a little thing, or cleaning ourselves with the fire, mm. that taking the, 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 the power of fire, the energy of fire to clear ourselves. Mm. That could be another way. Yeah. Yeah. Small gestures, small gestures that helps us connect with the sacred. Mm. Yeah. And the doing it every day, and the finding creative way of doing it. So that it's not boring. I think it's essential that it's not boring. That we don't relate meditation or spiritual journey to something boring, to something static that we have to do 
as we have to do our job. <laughs> yeah, another, just put another thing on the list. Exactly. This is the, definitely the, 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 what is very important that meditation doesn't become that. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. about the discipline or the, the ritual of daily practice, but keeping the freshness and spirituality yeah. of that. Yeah, it's essential. So spiritual practice has to be like an alive practice. Yeah. Sometimes we go into nature, sometimes we make a drawing or dance or listening to music and really taking it with the heart, like taking it as a practice, really. So so that we get nourished, so that there is joy in it. That's lovely. Yeah. Um, I wanted, um, I, I suppose I'm sort of going back a little bit, but well, I'm not, not really, but just, I, I'm a horse person and I just loved your own connection with, with horses. And also, and it helped me also because of this, both, uh, you know, the wildness, you know, because it's part of the wildness, but also how to be in relationship, because they're a beautiful example, aren't they, of, mm. of communion and harmony. And yeah, can you just, uh, yeah, just tell us a little bit about your relationship? Yeah, horses became like, a, I always felt connected to horses. But I think exactly because they, they wake up in me this sense of wildness and something like very ancestral, like the pounding and the, the earth. And then, I don't know, some, somewhere I remember that the, the walking with horses, not that, not that much about the riding, but just the walking with horses, like with the company of this big presence. No? A horse has a presence. Uh, yeah. So they, 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 they symbolize that going back to the wildness to me. So, yeah, at some point I got uh, very crazy about horses and even got uh, two mares that had two uh, foals, two baby horses. And so I had four horses, all female. And... And I was bringing people to connect with the horses through meditation. Um, yeah, so with this intention to, to place us in front of this wildness, to connect with this uh, wildness from within, seeing it in the horse and then learning the language of the horse, like tuning into the animal language like the, the, the language of the horse and you have to become very sensitive you have to be very aware of each movement and then that dance between the horse and me really like um, makes me be completely present me or anyone huh? completely present and and listen to something very wise, that is not human. So in a way, it's like bringing people to the horses so that the focus is nature and we are deeply tuning and listening to the horse as our teacher. And we react and we act from that, from that language, from what the horses say as we act. So it feels important to, to move out of the way also. Like it's not like, the teacher is not even the spiritual teacher, but to for me, like tricking people into nature as the teacher. Mm. Yeah. So people come to deep rest meditation retreats, but the deep rest meditation retreats always happen in nature. <laughs> uh, and to, you've got one coming up in uh, at the end of July and bit of yeah, thirty first July to five August. Yeah. I might do it. Yeah, I might do it actually now that there's sort of been liberation of the diary. Um, yeah. yeah. They happen, this one especially in deep nature, like wild nature, or as wild as possible. Yeah. Nature. And, and what we do is, is, is lie, lie down. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really putting into, into action the non action. <laughs> like it's really. Um, really like taking 
in this approach of not forcing or not pushing our way. So basically it's coming from this place like we don't know where we are going, but we, are know, we know that we go somewhere. So, so basically what we do is to make ourselves available. I make myself available. I empty myself and make myself available so that something else can speak, so that I can hear some other voice that is not my own boring, ongoing, 24-hour voice. <laughs> so that's, that's what we do. So we don't do it by forcing it or by provoking like a catharsis or anything like that, but by sitting back, resting, really, really relaxing. And then we start hearing our own voice, our own soul. And when we do this in nature, then we really can feel the being held in that process. We are held by the group. We are all together holding this intention. Um, we are also held by the teacher, like with the sense of like, yes, basically, it's, yes, you are doing well. <laughs> That's the voice of the teacher. <laughs> and nature as a bigger, bigger hand that really can sustain us. So we, we start becoming subtle and able to hear ourselves, to hear nature. And then we start relaxing and we, we start to understand that, that yes, that we are safe, that it's safe to live in this world and that we, yeah, that we belong. You know, like I can imagine that there's resistance to that. You know, it takes some time to really into that because of the, the literally the letting go because you want to resist of the of the doing and it's so much part of us and but just to surrender to that and and let go to deeply rest and reconnect mm. yeah but you know like i think more and more we start to be suspicious of that of our action you know because more and more we see that there is no end. It's like with the social media. No matter how much you post in all media, like the more you have, the more you have to. And there's no end to that. You know, we, we, we are suspicious of that because we start to, to know that we are, we, we are caught in that and there is no way to di diminish that. It's like it only grows. So when we start to be suspicious of that, and feel the pain of being trapped in that, then we can start feel, feeling that uh, opening up to something else could be actually healing and could be liberating. I've noticed that just recently. I mean, these podcasts are a new thing, and you start the podcast, and, you, and then you have to do a platform, and then you're advertising it, and then it, you end up, you know, your YouTube, and then it's like Instagram. It's like, when does it... Yeah, I'm noticing my own anxiety around that. Yeah. And it's like, where, where does it end? And remember the days of just word of mouth was enough. And I'm noticing in the, you know, in the, in the corporate world where, you know, we talk about VUCA, a VUCA world, volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous. This is our world, but, you know, what do we do? And, and um, the, but the actually... To know that we don't know, we, mm. we don't know what to do, and to but to drop down into our into our beyond our mind and into our heart and into our belly to get that real sense of knowing um, that we need more of us. We need more of the of 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 leaders of ourselves, but also the you know, more people to drop into that, yeah. into that uh, surrendering. And in this trust comes and really we start to be able to rest in, in a much bigger hands. Yeah. Where we don't know. It's not that I, I know or have the answer. It's just we don't know, but we know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know the little answers, but we know the big answers. We know, yeah. Right.
Yes, anything else you want to really say in that? <laughs> so I really feel this uh, power of connecting, not with what we know, but really sinking back and holding this not knowing in a way that we can really drop into a place of knowing, like a place where we don't know how, but we know that it is possible. So also like um, a sense of uh, an immense love for nature, an immense um, honoring the wisdom of nature, so it feels important in order to, to trust that it is constantly finding the way. So life is constantly finding the way. And that's, I think, this way of looking into the problems of nature as if we have to fix it um, has to be somehow replaced by deeply trusting the ways that nature has to bring itself back and how bigger and how immeasurable the power of nature is. You know, it's as if it knows much more than what we know. So to, to really give voice to that, like not to freak out and to give voice to nature and from there letting it do what it has to do. Like a, a sense of deep trust. This is the, the summary, like to find the place within that is not separated from nature. And then from this place, we know that there is a way. Ah, <laughs> oh, Gemma, would you like to offer a little meditation? It seems, seems the right thing to do at this moment. Yeah. So, so you can just find a, a comfortable position, like a position that feels, that honors your body and a position in which you feel you can rest, you can relax. And taking a moment to Deeply breathe, taking in life with the in-breath and letting go of everything that you don't need to carry with the out-breath. Observing if there is any place in the body where there is tension, and if you can let go, you can softly ask this tension to go. And observing how is your mind right now? Is it busy? And the quality of the thoughts. Are there many thoughts, one after the other, or one repetitive thought? And how is your emotional state right now? How do you feel? Is there heaviness, lightness? Just allowing yourself to move into a place below the thoughts, 
in a place below the emotions, into the heart, into the lower belly. Discovering the breath happening in your lower belly, the movement of the belly, with the air coming in and out. The sense of falling in love with this movement. Connecting with the rhythm, with the fluidity within, with the pleasure of diving inwards. And slowly letting this inner space to grow, to expand, Allowing yourself to become subtle and reaching out, like loosening up the boundaries of your own body, expanding into whatever is nearby and further. Becoming the fields, the trees, the ocean, Resting in this expansiveness. Letting your whole body relax even further. Becoming air. Becoming light. Perhaps a deep sense of belonging. A deep sense of joy. As you simply allow yourself to be. wide, expanded. And slowly connecting with the breath happening. With the movement in your lower belly. Because of the breath. And rediscovering your own body. Sitting or lying down. Relaxed. Observing your own beauty 
and slowly opening up your eyes and waking up to the beauty around you. And I hope you can take this sense of spaciousness and this deep sense of relaxation as you belong into your life today, into your movements, into your different actions and thoughts today. Thank you very much, Penelope, and for your offering, for your Keep on intentional what is important mm. and keep living with trust that the earth is with us. <laughs> yeah. Such Thank you. Beautiful, Gemma. Such wisdom. And I like actually the, uh, they described in your book at the back, the patient wisdom of you. It's beautiful. And such hope and uh, light so thank you so very much and so we'll pause here for the next and uh and we'll see you back at the next earth converse podcast and i will post um uh Gemma, Gemma's links and where you can find her on social media and also where you can find uh, earth converse and uh and i'm actually going to finish this time with a so, um, lovely Katinka sent me some bird song from uh, Bangkok with the end of um, we, we can hear bells in the in the distance so I'll end my um, with that and uh, yeah go and enjoy earth one conversation at a time thank you